Ken, you weren't really too enamored with the soft subject as to whether or not <laughs> the world owes you an existence because you. Uh, well, I, I, no, it's, didn't, and didn't, that's uh, not a soft subject. And I, I could go with and, it. Uh, I could go with it. Based on the word go, but I, I know wanna, Dan will get us started. I'd, I'd rather talk about preparations for war. Preparation <laughs> for war. <laughs> Our preparation um, H, right? Preparation. <laughs> Pretty close to the same thing, right? <laughs> You know, <laughs> was, wasn't it Doctor Evil yeah, whose preparations, preparations A through G failed? I didn't work. I, I couldn't so believe now it's worked. <laughs> okay. Preparation speaking of, A. Speaking of wars, though, this morning I, you know you hear on the radio and it's like you know, well, uh, China just came out and said that uh, you know the, the negotiations have been going well in the trade war. I mean, how is this a trade war? You, you have no idea what a trade war is if you think this is a trade war. This is just negotiation tactics. Mm-hmm. Right. Pure, plain, and simple. And, and, you know, they keep dragging this out, and it's like, okay, no, no. Or, you know, Trump has said, we're, we're not going to do a hard stop in March. You know, we're going to give them 60 days because negotiations are going forward and mm-hmm. we're moving I'm in the moving. right direction. Because, you know, so, you know, there's no hard stop here. That's all politics. And then they're just, they well, the trade wars continue. Trade like, wars. Oh, you got to be flipping kidding me. God, well, the media. Well, Again, don't how want do you to be get a media person and live with yourself? Yeah. How do you present news on the news or uh, on the TV or the radio? They've convinced themselves? themselves that it's their duty to stop Trump. They really have. They've convinced themselves that that is their role now. A lot yeah. of people, not everyone obviously, but a lot of people. Who was a woman screaming on Facebook yesterday that it was it's all about white supremacy? Had nothing to do about politics, mm-hmm. but Trump's fault for all this. He's a white supremacist. Yeah, I know. And if you vote for Trump or you believe in Trump in any way, shape, or form, then you are a white supremacist. I'm tired of that. Okay, so if you're a Democrat, by that logic, if you're a Democrat and you vote Democrat, that means you believe in killing babies up until the day they're born. And you're an anti-Semite. And you're an anti-Semite. I mean, this is... I haven't come up with anybody that really believes in that shit. So here's an easy way to to, to challenge that subject. A woman has... a, a six-month-old baby and becomes pregnant again. She's like, oh, well, this was an accident. I didn't mean for that to happen. Doctor, can you take care of this? And the doctor's like, well, uh, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'd like to have an abortion. He goes, well, you know, because of the burden financially of having two children that close together and everything. He goes, well, why don't we just get rid of the first one? Right, yeah. Start over. Do a do-over. It's like, what? Well, that's not an option? Well, duh. What's the difference? I mean, you would think. And it's the, you know, when I sent out the topic, um, I didn't know what the response would be. I was, I'm, I was interested because it, it just struck me as such idiocy that the, again, I think it was in India. I'd, I'd have to look it up. I should have written it doesn't down. Matter. It really the guy, the guy who decided to sue his parents because he did not give them permission to bring him into the world. He did not pre-approve his existence. Well, why don't you well, do intros? You know, and we'll, I'll, you go know, why, I'll go there. I'll go there. How does that get gain traction with anybody anywhere? I, I, I shouldn't. Would, yeah. I, I don't understand. Well, how. we can do intros real quick. This is episode fifty-eight of Civil Tension. It's taken us seven minutes and fifty-seven seconds just to decide what to talk about. <laughs> uh, but I am Peter Galt, your host, and to my right is Bill Hassey, Dan Gillen, Don Stevenson. Ken Nicholson. And you're all co-hosts today. Uh, so, see, now you all get a title, too. Hey! So, there's when, a when, someone, when you meet up with someone and you say, what do you do? Well, I'm actually the co-host of a show mm-hmm. called Civil Tension. And they'll go, ooh, wow, really? That sounds important. Yeah, sounds important. Sounds yeah. intriguing. 
intriguing. And if you just doubled yeah. our pay? Yeah, you'd still get zero. We'd still get zero. So, <laughs> which is exactly how much I get exactly. as the host and creator yeah. of this show. So if you would like to have this show continue, <laughs> we would love to have a sponsor or two or seven. Come on, go into your radio voice and hit it hard. And Civil Tension, <laughs> airing on 24-7 WPL Internet Radio, the radio station for independent thinkers in their right mind. And now, for people... <laughs> With a lot of mine. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. So, But um, <clears throat> yeah, again, this, this thing that just struck me as... And as idiocy because although there are many, many, many people, and maybe perhaps if it was India, because of their culture that does believe uh, portions of it, I'm sure, portions of it that don't, I'm sure, just like here, in you know past lives or reincarnation, that somehow in some way there may be some ex- existential method of saying, yes, I approve you to bring me back into this world. I don't know how you would communicate that, nor legally speaking in any country right now, how you would even prove that. Um, it, it's a it's an interesting concept. Apparently Actually, put me in mind of your book as I was looking at it. Um, Dan is the author of Souls Keep. And, and actually, I put that out over Twitter. A guy, can't remember a guy, guy's name. Damn it, should have wrote this down, too. Asked if anybody had been reading a good book uh, lately. So I took a picture of yours and put it out nice. there. And um, actually got a handful of retweets and likes. So somebody and might make so, a dollar from this. Day. You know, you might make a buck or two. <laughs> Who knows? You, know, they can go to, you can go to Amazon and type in author... A D D D, D. Allen D Allen Gilman D Allen Gilman and Dang. or search Souls Keep and uh, find the book. It's really cool. It's very interesting. Uh, it's a science fiction action thriller, is how I've been describing it. There's a lot of action in it, which I love. So good book. So now we plugged somebody last week. Now we plugged one of our guests over here this mm-hmm. week. I'll wait for the movie to come out. For, you know. <laughs> So we're getting commercial. Starting Denzel Washington. Starting Denzel Washington. <laughs> awesome. I love it. So the so the idea of this thing that you're talking about, um, uh, I was thinking about the abortion right thing, and I was thinking about the white supremacy thing that the left's coming from, and the and the idea that they they want to take care of the people that are on the outside of what they're now describing as the privileged group. Mm-hmm. And it occurs to me, and I'm not the first one that has this idea, but uh, how can you justify the rights of one individual through the broken rights of someone else? Right. You can't. Yeah. All right. that, the, the, the foundation, the whole thing that our Constitution attempts to deliver is individual rights are supreme mm-hmm. and those rights end when they infringe on the rights of the man next to you. Mm-hmm. Person, sorry. Um, I, 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 so how, how can you justify hurting somebody else's rights? So you, so you argue against the privilege in hopes of bringing the underserved or outside the privileged into the fold so they can become privileged. They want to change who's privileged. Right. That's what they want to do. Rather they want than, to become privileged. To but, me, again, it's the, the difference. Privilege between, is not a place you want to be right, right. now. Yeah, to me, it's the difference, again, we'll between equal opportunity and equal outcome. I believe we should strive incredibly hard for equal opportunity. 
But period. when we start driving, striving for equal outcome, that's when we start getting this crazy socialism talk that, that is so dangerous that, and I believe most of the people that are proposing it don't recognize, they're, they're ignorant to the danger of it. Because I don't think anybody would knowfully, knowingly promote it thinking that it's a good thing. So I, I give I them the benefit of the doubt. Do. Well, and I think there are exceptions. I'm just saying and a lot these of young intelligent, yeah. thinking, right-minded people that, are, that right. believe in this. But I just like AOC. I just think it's ignorance. I don't think she knows. Because if, if oh. she knew the outcome of what she wants to do, I don't think she'd be for it. If you asked her to name a successful socialist mm -hmm. country, mm -hmm. She would be unable to do so. Oh, they'll throw out. They'll throw out Scandinavia. They'll throw out Scandinavia as the one they like to throw out. Well, you know what? They're failing on their butts. They know it, and they're mm -hmm. frightened. Well, the other and thing too that they are is, you know what? They aren't diverse. The yeah, ones that they like, the ones that the left likes to point to as the good socialist place, have little or no, very, very little diversity. Very little diversity. That's interesting. I believe that to be mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said it, I, so it must be true. Oh. Well, yeah. Don Rolls. Do you read, you read that somewhere? <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> you know, and in, in, in all this, now I was trying to find it because it was just a weird, another really bizarre... Pete doing show prep headline. during the show. Yeah, doing show prep during the show. This is great radio, isn't it? What a, so, what a, what a fine example. But, but, uh, but program key, manager. Well, as you search in there, but the key aspect is, is when, we, when we try to describe what are the rights, because mm -hmm. no longer can you talk about the idea of a God-given right, yeah. because a God, the aspect of a God, again, has a diverse concept to it. And so with somebody that doesn't, uh, follow religion, you cannot describe religious ideals to them because it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But what you can talk about is the idea of power. Mm -hmm. And power is the game in socialism. Yep. So the idea of it is, is to remove the power from the whimsical attitudes of the individual and put it into the collective. Mm -hmm. and the problem is, is when you put it into a collective, that collective starts to negotiate for power within itself. And we have seen this as the main problem of socialism. It continues to do so. Oh, and the reason why that is, is because of the human has the ability to be extremely bad and mm -hmm. extremely good in both aspects. And some, one of the biggest indicators of that is the idea of greed and selfishness. And so when, when you're trying to put a collective together to, to share power, you're not going to find it because people within that are going to try to gravitate yeah. by greed to power. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, greed doesn't always mean money, although money is a, is a tool within that box. But that's the main issue as far as I'm concerned. And so now when you're looking at a mother, whether or not she has a biological process that occurs, and so she has a child knowing full well that there are, that there are responsibilities towards that child, she feels that she is emotionally broken or constrained or whatever you want to say, because there's no way to get out of it. It's a biological process. She can't mm -hmm. get out of it. So now they're saying is, is that, well, wait a minute. We should be able to give her the right because her rights should not be impinged upon a child who is yet to have rights because it hasn't done anything. Mm -hmm. That's the argument. Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't get it, but I get, but I do comprehend what the argument is. I mean, from a, just a logical standpoint, I get where they're coming yeah. from. I agree. I understand. They, their point is, I don't want to. I can't afford it. I don't want to bring this person in. I'm not going to be able to give them a good life. It's all, at least, rational in that perspective. Um, but it, 
doesn't override that it's a human being. That's the part that, you know, I think most of us, that's where we separate it out and go and shake our heads and we don't understand it. That, that was a party Any more to, than they understand our position. That was a party <laughs> to a woman who had had a child that wanted to uh, not abort, but um, put the child into adoption mm-hmm. systems. Totally different thing. It's a totally, totally different thing, but it's along the same lines. And then and I said, well, what's the problem here? And I actually talked to her husband. Mm-hmm. But I said, what's the problem here? And he said, well, you know, truthfully, we have two dogs and we can barely manage to, to keep those dogs in a, in a well-growing household. Right. How the hell can we introduce a child? And that was the fundamental behind it. Wow. And so I'd asked him, I said, are you equating a, a dog to a human? Is yeah. this the idea of this? Because certainly you have uh, different feelings towards your wife than you do your dogs. And you behave differently to your wife than you do your dogs. I hope. Well, I can see how you... <laughs> well, I, there's a lot of assumption going on there, all great. But if he's saying... If he's he saying is, the cost involved. Yeah, yeah. the cost it's involved. Because if he is saying, we can barely support these two life forms, mm-hmm. dogs, that rely on us for their sustenance... It would be grossly irresponsible financially or fiscally mm-hmm. to bring a person in, and maybe that's why he, he doesn't equate those dogs to people, but holds them at a lower standard and saying, we can barely afford to give these dogs Alpo. This this person's going to have to have real food. It's going to mm-hmm. have to have clothing. It's going to have to have everything that we don't do for these dogs. And, and I can speak to that directly because we have four damn dogs in the house mm-hmm. and four damn cats. And Pity. it's it drives me nuts, the amount of money mm-hmm. that gets spent on dog food, cat food. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you all know what passes for dog food in our house. Mm-hmm. It's often better than what I eat, my mm-hmm. damn self. Mm-hmm. But it's just... And I'm not kidding, because sometimes I've mm-hmm. eaten for dinner what the dogs are having, because my wife cooks for the dogs. Mm-hmm. But um, and I'm not joking. That's, well, that's not a joke. But we all grow up with that. You know, it's when you get married, they're like, you know, hey, before you have a kid, get a dog. Yeah. Because it'll teach you some lessons, and some of those lessons how to, you know, account for another. You know, animal, being person, whatever, and you know that that has expenses that needs to go to the doctor, and, and that relies on like, you. That relies yeah. on you, and it's it's kind of like you know it's it. And it, I'll be honest with you, it's an eye opener. I mean, it's but, it's, but you know, you, if you're going to break it down into an economic basis, you're kind of kind of arguing for the point of abortion, right? The the problem that I'm having with that whole uh, that whole direction of conversation is that the rewards that come from having a child. Yep. Far outstrip the rewards of having a dog. Mm-hmm. This particular person now that the child is, I think, now uh, two or three. The change in these two people's life was significant because of the interaction with the child. There is something else going on that's involved in this thing than just the economics. Yeah. And just the well, you start like at the beginning. It's a nuisance. See, where's the responsibility that you took in right. hand prior? To getting to that point of mm-hmm. becoming pregnant or having a child or something, where's that discussion and mm-hmm. where's that, you know, come on. That's a reality, though. People do things yeah, and they absolutely. launch themselves into situations, and it's not about how you got into it; it's how you get out of it. Yeah, yeah. but we we and, but and it would be nice of, if we had yeah, more right. discussions about how people get into it because it's the only surefire way to prevent this stuff. But but that's unrealistic because of the nature of humans. Let's deal with the reality of the situation sure. and not some. I don't accept concept. that. I don't yeah. accept yeah. it. I, 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 it doesn't mean. It's not worthy of pursuit because it's not, you know, going to happen 100. percent But um, 
You, you can't, you're not saying that we couldn't reduce the preteen pregnancy rate through certain types of education? We can't reduce, or, we can't reduce uh, criminals. We can't reduce... Well, I understand that. You, you cannot contain the aspect of the human to do or take right actions thing. that are not beneficial to them or their society. Well, ultimately, we're, we're, we're on Earth to procreate anyway. So yeah, that's, that's, gonna, that's a driving force. Let Ken I, jump I, in here real quick. I, I, I think we, we all can quickly agree that a little bit more education mm -hmm. and a little bit more availability of, uh, of prophylactic procedures <laughs> would would <laughs> solve a lot of these problems Good before time. they happen. Right. right? I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not, Megan. <laughs> You're we in. can't live without your with coffee. Three eggs right. here. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, uh, the 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 uh, go ahead, spit I'm it sorry, out. Sorry, I, I can't have my coffee poured while I think. I can't okay, he can't think and do things. He can't think time. and talk at the same right. time. Um, <laughs> I don't understand how anybody can contemplate killing a living, breathing baby. Yeah. I just I'm I'm back there at the basics, mm -hmm. and that's what these folks are talking about. Okay. Quite clearly, quite quite literally, and they want to legalize it all the way to the wall, or after and the I, wall too. Yeah. Well, well uh, I mean they <laughs> they already have. But, yeah. for, but for you, hey, you have a, you have a belief structure that supports your position about killing. There are many people that don't have that. The only person I, mean, you I just look at the look, he he was talking before about uh, Soviet uh, ex-Soviet mm -hmm. countries and the Soviet Union itself, the amount of people that they killed mm -hmm. in that structure it was unbelievable because there, there was no aspect of a belief structure about God or religion and right. in the, the respect for the creation. Yep. And this is a very big point because people will justify abortion because they have no respect for the fact that this thing is a is a an creation, entity, yeah. a created entity. What they believe is that it's a it's a non-start, it's a do-over, it's a whatever. Yep. yep. So they, so there's a there's a there's a lack of this. They talk about dignity, dignity, dignity of humans. You want to talk about the ultimate removal of dignity? You yeah. Know, kill a child when it's young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what about the dignity of the child? But that's not the point. The point that they're after is, what about me? Yeah, well, and I think to that point, to that point, when you talk about the economics of it, and I, I, I can just say this about just where we live and the fortune, how fortunate we are to live, because the world that those people are saying they don't want to bring them into because of their economics is a household that has cable TV, has cell phones. And, and they have cars, multiple cars in some cases, and they're claiming that the reason they don't want to bring a child into the world is because they don't have the economics to support it. It would truncate their ability to use the economics in the way that they wish to. Bingo. That's the argument. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather spend money on cable than a child. Is really how I take that well, sometimes. Well, yeah, you, or can, on my you can look at it that way, but I mean, I don't know if that. That's how I see it. If, if the argument is economics and they have cable and cell phones and cars, that's how I see it. Yeah. Well, I'm, but I mean, you're you're both basically saying the same thing, right? You know, truncating what you spend, what you choose to spend your income right, on. Right. You choose to spend it in this way, not in yeah. this way. If it's strictly an economic decision. Right. Uh, now, if it's truly. Uh, the f a fact of matter that you cannot or are, you know, the way you're spending your money now on an animal or mm -hmm. uh, on cable or whatever, and you say, Geez, I, I can barely afford this. Um, we're gonna we're going to lose that and much more if we add this thing in to this. We're, we're anyway. I, I get the economic value or economic 
not economic, the economic consideration mm-hmm. if it's based on a- acknowledging real physical responsibility. Now, I can tell you also that not a single one of our children was planned. And mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I remember one, and I'm like, because my kids might listen to this, and I love you all. You're all wonderful. <laughs> I am really actually rather sad that they're all pretty much now out of the house. Right. Um, you know, it, I, I would love to have kids again, knowing now what I know now. But that said, with with one of them, the, the way I found out my wife was pregnant was a sheet of paper <laughs> and the pregnancy test taped to the bathroom door with the great big words, oh, shit, <laughs> and an exclamation point. And that's how I got up one morning and found out we were having one of our children. And it, was, it made me laugh. It was yep. an awesome way for her to tell me that. It was funny. I'll remember it forever and ever and ever. Yeah, we, we were not disappointed, but we, it wasn't planned. We figured it out. Yeah. You know, and this has gone on forever because I, I learned late. I, I was probably in my mid-20s when I learned that I was not a planned child. You know, and my and my sisters knew, and because uh, I'm youngest, and uh, and you know the parents knew, and everybody knew, and they're just like, you know, how do you feel about? It? I go, um, I, it, it makes no difference to me. I mean, really, mean. I didn't yeah. feel like I didn't have me. a lot to say about it. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you didn't bring. I, I don't feel like you raised me any differently, or gave me any <laughs> less opportunities than you yeah. gave anybody else, or you know, I, I it, it didn't affect me. It yeah. didn't bother me mm-hmm. because I. It was kind of nice being around, ain't it? <laughs> you know, it's better to be seen. Depends on the day, yes. but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, at, at one point, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ken. I, Jump in. Uh, my wife and I got married largely uh, out of uh, sort of convenience and to make her parents happy. We had no idea, and indeed we would deny that we had intent to become parents for some number of years, mm-hmm. and then. After those number of years went by, there was one night where we had a sort of a, a knockdown, drag out till four in the morning kind of conversation about, oh my God, the clock is ticking. Okay, do we want to do this or not? Are we going to man up, forgive the term, or not? And if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. For instance, my wife says, if we're going to be parents, you're coming off the road. You're not going to be this absentee dad guy that shows up on Saturdays and Sundays, mm-hmm. right? And, and I said, well, that certainly makes sense. And uh, by the way, you're going to have to quit work, Mom, for a while, you know, and then, you know, and then we'll figure stuff out. And we got through all this stuff. And tell me there's not a God. We found out later that she was pregnant when we had that conversation. Well, no, she was already pregnant. After many, many mm-hmm. years. Well, if, if, you were, if you were truly into the religious side of it, you would have gone to something called pre-Cana, <laughs> which would have discussed those things prior to it, um, which I was not Catholic, but my wife was, and so we were... Um, Requested, <laughs> Strong, I strongly encouraged. We were strongly requested, and if we wanted fact, to get married in, in that church, we would have to go through this. So you, it, you, they do. We did that, and I and That's I and I, and, and and you know, I looked upon it at that time as like, seriously, yeah. I'll make that call. 
Yeah, I don't need somebody oh, else to tell me. And I look back on it now, and I'm like, you know, thank goodness. Yeah. Because it, it, it makes you think about things you're not thinking about when you're young mm-hmm. and you're in love, and it's just like, no, I just we just got to get married because we're the in dreams love. ahead of us. And yeah. whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Love will overcome all, and, and now we have 50% divorce rate. But <laughs> love will know. overcome all. How, how much of how much of this is is in light of the fact that if you look at national level statistics, you know, the whole population of our country, right? An awful lot of babies get born to make the welfare income bigger. Yeah, there's some of that. Well, a lot of adoptions for that same reason, too, though. So, because they get a stipend for adopting, you mean? To say you have another child, you get more income. Yeah. And there are people that I've run across who treat uh, parent fostering as a business. As a business, Mm -hmm. Um, They don't, and to me, that just seems, I mean, People yeah. will take advantage of systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would. I, mm-hmm. Just such an unappealing form of. If that's business. the primary purpose, yeah. if that's yeah. the primary purpose of you fostering children. Little, something seems is, wrong. is to make money, make money and earn an income. That just seems insane to me. But I mean, along with all this discussion that we had, here's the other headline that I ran across. That again, just the whole thought behind this to me seems absolutely ridiculous. But the headline through the UK Telegraph, and if you're familiar with the Telegraph, it's kind of on par with the Examiner or the National Enquirer. Yeah, but it is a real story. It's in actually other papers as well. It says, baby born to transgender man could become first person without a legal mother. Um, And and they do put the word legal mother in there. But, uh, I mean, you know... At what point okay, the do we say man became a man after he bore the baby? Is that what we're talking about? Well, it is a person who identifies as, as a, a man, man, but as a woman, but biologically, Logically. obviously, okay, within and our is, human species, and is she's yeah. mom is the baby. Yes, yeah, she gave. She he gave. I'm doing this the best I way know, I, I, know, I understand how to do this. God help gave you, birth, guys. You know because. You know, while you are transgendered and identify, um, still got the parts. Still had all of the uh, biological parts of a female of our species that allow you to produce that allow you offspring. to produce offspring <laughs> or give birth to offspring, which in our the pudding, isn't it? In, in the human race, the human species, we I, we call that the female. Yeah, um, the male. Who is identified as the male plants the seed, mm-hmm. and the female of our species bears the child. However, this child who has been born may well very be the first motherless child. Um, and it, What's the point? Seems, What's the point point really of all that? I don't. I don't know. What's, What's the point like of all that? that? What it put me in I'm mind be of. Did you just it in a box? <laughs> <laughs> Test what tube, is, baby. What does this mean? <laughs> it it, it was, means you were not. There. Oh, you used the word legal. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah there is legal. the word yeah. without a legal mother in in this and in in this story as it goes down. I mean, it talks about the legality of this and how, in fact, there was one so, woman. Because you still have the parent word. Right? Yeah, yeah. You still have the parent word, and there was one woman who actually, in front of her daughter, and this was over in the U.K. just recently, was, put, was arrested, put in handcuffs, and taken away 
for uh, calling a, uh, I think she was put in, she she misgendered yeah, someone. Yeah, she, she did not identify did not someone identify by their identified by their, gender, and they literally identified took gender. her to jail. And they took her to jail for that. Again, this is in the U.K. Yeah. Um, it's coming here soon. It, it, the, the nonsense of all this... I uh, yeah. Coming, okay. Well, can, can we, we talk about to a guns town near and you? No. no. <laughs> Rebellion coming no. to a state near you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah, I think it was. Maybe it might have been the professor at her school. She did not refer to her as her identified gender. Referred to her as the biological, biological. and got taken to jail. She got taken to jail for it. That's really. Uh, isn't that amazing? Yeah, not a place I want to live. Whew, I give up. Uh, I know. There are days when it feels I like mean, that. I mean, a misgendering crime. I'm going to be in a cabin uh, in the Rockies with my howitzers. Wow. This is... This is <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Just, you know, you're the, going to find some leader... It's not worthy of a response. Some leader almost, in the world yeah. is going to say, all right, enough's enough, and now we're going to, we're going to start these camps again. Well, they did. What country <laughs> was it that actually just... Just uh, made and, and we'll be the ones being put in the camps. Um, gender <laughs> studies in colleges. Someone said, "Nope, there was a country." Who the frick did that? They just in colleges banned gender studies um, because they, the leader, the the whatever the heck he's called, I don't know if he's the dean, president, president or, the or prime minister or whatever he is of the country, <laughs> oh, said minister. no. Get those out of our colleges. There's two genders, male and female. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Knock it off. Yeah. Why um, yesterday, Japan. And he's the crazy one. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and he's the crazy one. He's the crazy yeah, yesterday, one. Yesterday, Japan had a, a, bunch of, a bunch of folks in a bunch, meaning somewhere between 8 and 12, I think, as I recall the story, but um, who tried to uh, get the government to you know, support transgender or whatever, uh, mixed uh, marriages. Mm-hmm. So, meaning they were really trying to start off with just with gay marriages, right. and it is absolutely not acceptable in that culture and in that okay. country at this time. Like, not going to happen. Well, but, well, I think what, when the whole gay marriage thing, and I can't remember who said it, and I, they were, in my opinion, somewhat prophetic, was that if if you know if gay marriage is is, is appropriate, that means gender doesn't matter. And I remember the person saying that if gender doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter, yeah. and that's what's happening. Is they're really trying to make it where gender has no well, relevance. No, what they're trying to do is they're trying to take away that the, there is a stigma of if you're a part of one gender, then mm-hmm. you must be responsible for these other aspects, mm-hmm. uh, such as a woman's nurturing. Right. We say that nature states that it's a woman's job to nurture a man to, to go out into mm-hmm. the world. They're trying to change that right. dynamic. Yep. And so what they're trying to say is, that, does that mean that men can't be nurturers? Well, of course it doesn't course mean not. that. It doesn't mean that. No. You know, but but the, So this is all about stereotype. Yep. It's about... And, and, I agree and with that. From what they're concerned about is us conditioning further children on stereotypes. But, I mean, so whole, work on that. But the if you whole, want idea, to. <laughs> whole idea what they're doing is like yeah. bizarre. It's like yeah, you know, it's, you know. It's, a, it's a good idea but a bad approach. Yeah, I think, is, it's is like taking a you know sledgehammer to something that needs. I, a, I was searching for a quote in my book that I used on uh, from Ben Franklin, mm-hmm. talking about the idea of having you know you were you, you were before we were referencing uh, the uh, like a primer having a dog to like mm-hmm. you know learn how to feed and nurture and all this. Mm-hmm. I don't quite follow that. But anyway, uh, what Ben Franklin says is to be thrown upon one's own resources is to be cast into the very lap of fortune. 
for our faculties to undergo a development and display an energy of which they were previously unaware of. In layman's terms? In other words, when adversity hits you, right. things within you come out that you didn't even know that was there. Well, mm -hmm. so, that, so that's the and that's the idea of my argument with this gentleman about the dog and the and the woman or right. having a child. You're gonna you're gonna be thrown into this problem, but you consider this as a great asset. You have the capacity. Inside you have, you. Yeah, you have it within you to do it. Yep. Do it yep. now. They're trying to say that there are people that don't have this and that we, they need help from the government or they yep. need the playing field needs to be altered. So the concept of it is, is again, it's this idea of utopia. Yep. And, and this is the whole thing. Oh. And, and, and it really doesn't exist. That's also the prejudice you just of all expectations on certain groups of people. We act like they can't do certain things. Correct. You know? And it's insulting. It is insulting. You just gave all those parents that have those post-college graduate kids living at home with them reason to kick them out into the real world and say... Mm -hmm. You'll figure it out. You got it. Yeah, have it in you. precisely. And yeah. sometimes yeah. And that's, I agree with that. That is what you I have agree. to I do. Think. You got. You just got to figure it out. When when when. But we, if you are told that it is an unflang, unfair playing yep. field and you are being oppressed, yep. is the problem. Yep. You're literally stating to that person that the odds are it. so stacked against you, you can't do a you damn can't thing do it. about yeah. it. We're telling if, people they can't be successful. Is what we're doing. I'm Plain sorry, Ken. Simple. I, I no. <laughs> I'm not sure who walked on whom when. Uh, the when when my wife and I, when Kim and I found out that we were parents, our lives changed radically. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything from she immediately quits drinking, which was a huge sacrifice, and because it was part of our lifestyle, right? Yeah. I came off the road, resigned from what I was doing for a living, started a business so I could live at home and have, you know, uh, a reasonable income. Um, we did, I, we were totally different people long before the baby showed up. Mm -hmm. Looking back on it 35 years later, oh boy, was that about the best thing that ever happened to us? Mm -hmm. We were graced that this happened to us. But it's all about the human uh miracle of growing to meet challenges. Mm -hmm. This is the only reason we won over the mastodons or whatever, right? You get if you're not challenged, you don't grow, you don't improve. And uh, if you want to do some planning so you're a little bit more financially stable before you have children, great. If you, you decide not to have children, great, but don't whine to me about you're oppressed and the government owes you a living because you've had children. Yeah, it, it, that just that doesn't. It's, I can't get there. It's from devastating the to the people that had. buy into that. It's devastating to the people well, that buy into that. I'm going to throw another dynamic out there. Uh -oh. So on the right, we have we have the and absolutely the the religious arguments. The defense of religion is coming from the right. Mm -hmm. They wanted to. They the the left wants to try to truncate that. But within Christianity, it literally states that you cannot do this shit by yourself. You actually have to have a relationship with God who created it all and do it. Mm -hmm. This is one of the foundations, I believe, is, is, is what is under attack. Mm -hmm. I think that they're trying to say is that this is a bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. The religion that, part. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. About being bound by something that is not within you. Something bigger than you. Yeah, and so, you know, and we see it in science. 
you know, we, we, we see it in, in philosophy, we see it in, in social engineering, we see it all today. It's all I look at. When I'm listening to anybody talk, I have this in my mind, is that they are saying foundationally that there is no God. Right, yeah. I Period. That. That's really the fundamentals, mm-hmm. the and fundamental difference. oddly enough, with the religious base in it, can't succeed. No. If yeah, there's, if there's it, religious space in it, can't have socialism. You and, can't have socialism and have, have God involved. It does <laughs> no. not work. It doesn't totally work. That's why they've been totally working agree. hard for a long, many years to remove God so that you can have socialism because you can't have both. Yeah. So then, why, given that, mm-hmm. why then would everybody be so up in arms about this week's behavior by the freshman congresswoman from Minnesota? who has been tweeting and making uh, overt, overt, it's been described as overt anti-Semitism statements. Right. Well, because of so, the Jews and God relationship. Well, because they're, well, again, she's she's Muslim, mm-hmm. Islamist, mm-hmm. Um, has reported ties to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if truly the left was shooting for socialism, as we see repeated by, uh, you know, the people that we currently have in office, mm-hmm. like Sanders and uh, Ocasio-Cortez and, and so many, you know, Harris and so many of these other people, they want, either they want total socialism or they want portions of it mm-hmm. that they like, you know, which is control. Yeah. Why would they be so up in arms if they're, if they are really truly bent on removing Religion and God from the societal structure, right? Then why would they care what she has to say? Because she's been chastised from all sides right. for what she said. Well, Did, I, why yeah. why do they care? Why would they care that she kind of quote unquote crossed a religious line? I purpo- I don't you know, think they do care, but they have to pretend that they care. Yeah, is it all just FaceTime? Because is it they, all just other service? By their actions or lack thereof, they su- they support what she said. And so how I feel about it, I mean, if if they didn't support what she said, in reality, they would, well, for example, would she be on the Foreign Affairs Committee if they believed what she said was wrong? You know, I no. certainly wouldn't think so. But so, I, again, I always look at people's actions. You know, they come out, oh, we're sorry, and she shouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. She's been acting this way for at least back to 2012. She meets with people that right. are totally supportive of the elimination of Israel and calling, you know, Jews pigs and or children of pigs and goats and things of that nature. So so I, I personally believe they don't disagree with her. They just don't want her to be saying it because it makes them look bad. Okay. So she's just been caught saying what they're all thinking. Yep. Oh, man. I, That's what I believe. See, but, you know, the left is, the left, I mean, by the the foundation, the, the, the intrinsic aspect of the left is a lot of little issues mm-hmm. that create the big issue. Yep. They, 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 rarely do you see them targeting into one aspect. Not all lefts are after socialism. No, fact, no, no. Uh, uh, quite a few of them are like, are you crazy? Yeah, I get you know? there. So, I mean... Well, they don't vote that way. Hmm? Yeah, but they don't vote that way. No, a lot of them don't. A lot of them do. I mean, but you know, politics aside, we're you know we're actually talking about what what the what the people are doing, and then like Don here brings up a good idea that uh, words uh, words show your intent, actions your meaning, right? I mean, that's the concept mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-hmm. 
And so, uh, what are they after? They're after the equalist playing field. And so, they're all, the social idea about it is, is a good one. I mean, you know, we, Don, you had said earlier, a very important thing. It's opportunity, right? Not outcome. That's what we want to do. We want to be able to set up a proper opportunity. Mm -hmm. The difficulty is, is do we truncate other people's opportunities to, in order to meet that, meet those margins? Therein lies this, I think, this big debate. I mean, you look at you look at the, the concept of immigration, and, and why they, they want to include everybody. You know why they want these people, poor people from all over mm -hmm. coming to the U.S. Well, there's a burden that they're going to put on that the people are here. Our rights are going to be yeah. are going to be truncated. Yeah. Taxation will go up. Mm -hmm. We Perm talked before about economic aspects of our own lifestyle. Permanent underclass. You know, it's on this whole immigration thing, it really to me, I, I'm I'm getting a little, I'm getting sick of it because no one wants to really seem to address what is to me a very simple truly a very simple process. Mm -hmm. um, we could make, if we so desired, we could make immigration very, very simple. We could, you know, uh, to make it legal, mm -hmm. uh, which we do have a legal process, yeah. but it's a, it's, it's, it's pretty truly laborious. a convoluted yeah. process. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, thankfully, you know, my, my mother and her parents all came uh, and, and immigrated to the U.S. legally, they did it the right way. Uh, but seriously, they keep saying, oh, we're going to have more jobs, more jobs, more jobs. Dudes, we don't have the freaking people for the jobs that are open now. Right now, yeah. The people who are on unemployment or are underemployed, um, there are, there's a huge skew in that number, but the amount of jobs that are open, because I see this every day. I've got a client right here in McHenry who, for the life of them, cannot find, and I haven't found, a simple tool. It sounds simple, but it's not. Tool and die maker. Yeah. Those are extremely few and far between. That's a good job, now. too. A remarkably good job. Mm -hmm. You know how many actual career just on indeed alone huh. uh, I think the last time I checked was was yesterday I think it's up to 186 positions for tool and die makers uh, are open just on indeed alone within 50 miles of McHenry Illinois wow. yep. I think 186 or 187 allergies kind of it's Kind of, kind of shorten that field so a lot of people aren't getting it's into more it. Tool yeah, no, getting, yeah. More tool and less die. More die and less tool. But it's still apparently. a tremendous <laughs> need. See, but that's the thing is we don't have enough people to fill the positions because, you know, they're not either educated well, or vocationally but, or... But my rebuttal to that is right behind that, we have right up the road uh, an industrial park for McHenry, McHenry County, mm -hmm. uh, that for the county, it's a relatively large park. There are a number of good mid-size employers, people with uh, 200 to 500 employees, who cannot get enough unskilled labor at 10, 11, 12, even 15 bucks an hour now to show up and do the work. Mm -hmm. Just not there. So if we truly have to have more jobs because that's what shows how wonderful our economy is doing, which it is doing good. It's doing great. Mm -hmm. And we need more people. Make immigration a hell of a lot easier. Give them a constitution test because we live under a constitutional republic. Mm -hmm. Hand them an, a bill for five bucks and then give them a card and call it done. They got to pass the Constitution. Yeah. They got to understand what it means to come into our constitutional <laughs> republic, live under our Constitution, within the bounds of Constitution, not 
okay, come here and we're going to accommodate everything you have from your culture. That's wrong. You're coming to the United States of America. Right. You assimilate to what this was founded on and what we were created on. So if you say assimilate, you saw Tom Brokaw, the re- treatment he got for saying that we don't assimilate people properly anymore like we used to? Yeah. The left yeah. wanted to run him out of the run him out on the rails. No. We, there so is, you can't even say a, that's, that's a bad word. I, I don't care. I know. I know that's, you don't care. Yeah. Pete, anybody at this table could care. design an immigration system that would work pretty well. Mm-hmm. This is not rocket science. No. no. Right? Actually, Problem is, you, you are... Well, okay. <laughs> I'll let you argue. He doth protest. I love okay. having him Pulling that rubber band back, are we? Hush! That's it's my turn. Yeah. You get about 30 seconds. Let, let Ken go. Okay. Let Ken go. Okay. Um, once again, Peter, you present a position where you think politicians are out to solve the problem. Yeah. They are not out oh, to I solve know, the they, problem. They're, they're not All fired. they do is get elected, however feel they feel they need to do that. So they take positions, they cause confusion, they do it. Nobody's trying to solve the problem. The only people trying to solve the problem are the people that are doing it for a career. You know, folks on the border trying their best, right? But they don't have the money they need, don't have the resources mm-hmm. they need. Much more importantly, their rules of engagement are completely out to lunch. Right. Yeah. Right? And it's, time that's all are. political decision arrived at for political reasons, not for solving the problem. How? Okay, Dan, you can hit me back. Well, the, the concept, is if you're going to try and get the government in to do a thing, that means that the capitalistic system that's in place is not working, which is the big argument. So if the government stops in in order to skew that, that means they have to put regulations on capitalism in order to be able to, I'm with you. to, to push it or nudge it in the direction they want You've to go. You've got my head going up and down. But, the, but, the, but the, the unintended consequences of that have been proven to be mm. severe. Yep. And so, so, and so these people, the government these out politicians away. are in office. They actually are trying to come up with a way to do it, but it's a little bit more complicated than just simply passing a bill and say, let's go. I mean, we've seen the problems since the 1970s. We've seen the problems in regulation, and also we've seen the problems in immediate deregulation. Go back to Carter's era when the interest rates went through the roof and the whole trucking industry was destroyed by deregulation. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not a simple thing. And so immigration is also... Uh, 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 falls within this idea that that you're going to bring this workforce in, then you have to pay them an actual wage, and you have to be able to put the support behind them in order for them to sustain themselves here, such as a house, a place to live, and blah blah blah. Well, by by counter, capitalism fails to the degree to which it is regulated. I am I'm a pretty right-handed guy, uh, (laughs) capitalism-wise. I am a Uncle Milty guy. I believe that if you get the hell out of the way, get the government out of the scene, it will take care of the great majority of this. But not the margin. Right. And it's an unfair playing opportunity because the more power you have in capitalism, the more you consolidate, the stronger you got. This has been proven time and time again throughout capitalism. And those guys wind up owning the politicians, and here right. off we go. Yeah. And so right. th- this is but why their government, this is our experiment of our government, by the way, is to try and balance capitalism within. Yes, well said. I agree with that. That's the idea. Yeah. Um, I, that's why I'd rather be laws. I always hate the regulation. If somebody does something that, you know, t- today we do things by, you know, running people out of town on the rails rather than if something is so bad, let's make if, if racism in, in the hiring is a law, then put people in jail if you can prove that they did it. Mm-hmm. 
You can't put them in what? jail. Well, why not? Well, because first off, the infrastructure of our jails would be so lopsided, <laughs> it'd be ridiculous. <laughs> And, and by point. the way, all Talk jails are paid for by tax dollars. But I think but again, a lot of guys get beat up. But I mean, the, <laughs> the, the, the powerful just never pay for their crimes is what I think is part of the problem. They ultimately that. do, but yeah. Well, I ultimately, mean, yes. I, I mean, you know, you look at, Car- you look at uh, Carnegie, you know, he, his whole idea was to do exactly what you guys have been talking mm-hmm. about. He wanted to put together the company store. He wanted to put together this thing where he was going to make sure that the workers themselves get their just due because at right. the time they didn't because capitalism was unbalanced. Right. I agree. So because Carnegie does this. But what winds up happening to Carnegie? He's like, well, I can only affect a few people. Mm-hmm. So some of these people are going to have to suffer while I get bigger and bigger and get more and more control. Sure. And that's what he did all the way up until his 80, like 85. And then he, and then I don't know, his wife, I think, says something to him. He's like, holy shit, I've turned into exactly the most evil thing that I was trying to right, stop. that I was trying to stop. And then what was his next move? He opened up libraries all over the place. He put this foundation, which was significant, by the way, for the U.S. Right, right. I mean, he puts this foundation together. So he becomes immediately a philanthropist. Mm-hmm. What, what changed? What changed? Why did Carnegie change his mind? What was he reminded of? I don't know. The higher powers? I'm hearing... I am undereducated because I don't know what enough happened about to the guy. Him it's simple. It's, it's, I gave you the evidence. It's straightforward. What happened was is that he had realized that the mm-hmm. belief structure that he had had was more important than what the money was. Mm-hmm. And when he started getting too big, he realized that he had just completely had, misread what his belief was. We have which met was the enemy to, and they are us. Yeah, what he was, belief was is to try and equal the playing field and get everybody what they're supposed to do. And, th- and that's why he put his stores together because the government was ineffectual doing it. Mm-hmm. But he consolidated power and became, by his own right. aspect, greedy. Didn't his yeah, wife say something to him about his loss of humanity? I'm trying to remember I think that. that's right. That's I, I, I think it was his the, wife. But anyway, the, con- the concept I'm trying to draw here, is, or the correlation I'm trying to draw here, is socialism will do the same damn thing, mm-hmm. only on a greater scale. And more people die. Because, <laughs> because one of the problems these socialist countries that couldn't make it is because they didn't have the wealth behind them that mm-hmm. we do. And right. if, you, if you take the wealth of this United States and put it into socialism, you're going to get a country that is going to be a government that is going to be so powerful that only armed insurrection will be able to break. Until it, it runs out of money. Well, it won't because we'll feed on it. Ah, oh, Brazil's been there. Venezuela's we'll been there. Look at the and, Soviet Union. Yeah. If Brazil wants more money, they just go mine a mountain. <laughs> they got they got mountains the there that are worth. All of our iron fields. And yeah, but you have to have the cross. but you have to have the resources to bring it to market. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yes. the problem. With and they have a nationalized railroad and, and that's blah, blah blah blah. And that's why Venezuela fell. It's because the, the government took control over all of the industry and couldn't manage it. God, they pumped no, all the money into Switzerland. They had no experience, <laughs> which is one of the benefits of capitalism. But you then no. you have all these resources and the money, and now I mean. Here, let me just say this. You have all the resources, money, everything you need to make this fundamentally work so you can create a country that feeds on itself, but then you ultimately rely on the people who actually know how to run the machine that was to created. Produce. Mm-hmm. To produce. And this is what that wonderful book, Atlas Shrugged, is all about. And Ayn Rand yep. wrote that, where you have these people who said, you know what? Screw this! You're not going to reap the benefit of everything I worked and learned, and uh, you know, 
toiled off of my own labor. You're not just going to take this. Mm-hmm. It's not yours. I made this. And that's where I, that's where I think that at any, any nation, any size, no matter how profitable, no matter how resourceful, you're going to run into a problem with regard to socialism. Somebody's going to sit back and say, no, mm-hmm. you don't get what I just did. You don't, that's not yours. I created this. I made it. And whether or not you feel what I did was based on some sort of perceived privilege or just, hey, I got this, doesn't matter what race I am, what mm-hmm. color I am, what what my belief system is, if, if you're going to say, okay, you obviously had, you know, you came from... A, from wealth and money, so it was easier for you to do, to do this. Well, the fact is, you did it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't erase that fact. That someone actually somewhere took the initiative and did something to create and enable that mechanism, that machine of the society. It took that person to actually take action. Well, I want to, without that action and without that continued action and the desire to say, you know what? I'm going to be the most benevolent being ever and just give, 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 and you can just keep take, 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 taking. Um, it, it, it's like the punish and the successful, right? That. Yeah, it, and that's re- why this, it requires that. You just remind me that one of the things that AOC, our friend AOC, came out was she was against Amazon putting that, that headquarters, second headquarters or whatever in her district because she doesn't like them because they're rich and big and powerful. And I'm thinking... Where do you think the money comes from for to pay for all the things that you want to do? Now, again, she doesn't even care about. I don't think she understands that. She just thinks, you know, we should just pay for she everything. Is it just, the money comes out of the sky. But she, do, she really she doesn't understand where the money comes from to do the stuff that she wants government to do. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty basic. Yeah, it's called taxation. Yeah. So, so, so she, because I don't like you, I don't want you, even though you're, that's the way to generate tax base, you know, hundreds and hundreds of jobs potentially of people paying taxes. And I was like, I, I just, I just shake my head at the ignorant stupidity. I'm like, I don't get how you marry those two together. I want all these people paying taxes so I can fund all this stuff, but I don't want you in my district creating jobs and creating the tax base. And I think that's a great thing that she's doing that. I really, I'm dead serious. I think that's a great thing, and here's why. Okay, I'm There are many people this. that don't and believe the same that she believes, and she got into office because of that. Oh, that's why. Now, suddenly, the people that normally would say, doesn't everybody realize this thing? Like, wait a minute, yeah. guys, you're forgetting some fundamentals, and then they talk about it. Yeah. And then these people that are now from an emotional aspect. They're seeing the, the they'll ignorance see, and the they'll, stupidity. They'll see the light of it, but like, oh, wait a minute, you know, maybe oh. this is a bad idea. Well, you know, but meanwhile, she's yeah. throwing the votes in Congress. True. But that's okay, because she's a blip on the radar. Big deal. But I think that, the, I think our, I think that our government is set up an ordinance for this. Yeah. I, I think that's why it's worked so well is because when it's just crazy, other people say, you know, this is crazy, and here's why. Well, you know, it's so funny you say that because Trump's approval ratings have been going up lately, and I believe it's because uh, people are going, this oh. person's nuts. This yeah, AOC is nuts. This, or maybe we should rethink that idea This anti-Semitism person right? is nuts. Yeah. 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 Well, oh. I guess Trump ain't so bad. I mean, he all, yeah. if he can, and he won't be able to do this, but if he can kind of just shut up and stay out of the way, oh, let man. these people show themselves <laughs> to the world. Yeah. One of the, one of the, I don't think he'll be able to do that. But. Bill, go ahead and respond real quick. Before <laughs> go, Bill. Go, Bill. You know what? He has learned tremendously 
to shut up. He's getting better. We're not yeah. getting nightly tweets. That's true. We're He's not getting, getting every morning news on nightly tweets and yeah. everything. He I is agree. coming along. politician. He has matured. <laughs> you know, he's come a long way. Um, but we still like. I still like to say he's he's like a doctor. He's very good at what he does. He's just not good at communicating. Yeah, bad bedside man. You know, it, but but uh, he's come a long I way. He has and, improved and, in and, that regard. You know, I'm not obviously. You all know I'm a I'm, I'm a Trump fan as far as how he uh, his results. abilities to negotiate and to get things done. Right. And pops and and, and and get through the tape and get through the the BS mm-hmm. and get things done. He proved it with NAFTA. He proved it with the European unions, mm-hmm. and he's proven it again with China. And he cuts our taxes, and guess what? We're not losing any money mm-hmm. because we've re- renegotiated to to a more favorable uh, trade situation mm-hmm. and bringing you know U.S. dollars back, repatriating mm-hmm. dollars, huge yeah. thing that has been needed to be done for decades. And and he's so I there are certain things I love I can't stand the way uh, the way he talks about it right yeah he's um, not real good you know, at that. one of the things I've always said is that this trade war with China is always going to carry over and over for a long time because China was only looking for really one thing to save face to get out of this right because they know they can't win this right. all right it's not a war it's a negotiation but but Trump is just not the kind of person to allow people to save face right so but I think he's come a long way I think he's learning I think he's I he's, he's developed. The ability to uh, to at least keep his mouth shut more often than not when he wasn't able to in the past. When you think about what he's had to overcome from a media perspective, it is pretty astounding that his approval rating isn't ten percent. <laughs> you know? Well, you would think, uh, yeah. given given what's going on in the There's news, a whole and, lot and, of people looking at their paychecks and their job security, mm-hmm. saying this guy Trump. Is well, there's more money flowing into the treasury today than any time in history. Yeah. More the money into the treasury easiest than any time tax, in history. If you haven't done your taxes yet, get at it. It'll take you all of about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It is about the easiest it is thing easy. you've had to do in a long, long time. Simple, no, straightforward. Here's where you're at. Here's what you get. Yep. And there's not so many places to play with. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think one of the other odd things about this thing is because these people don't look with it, that argue for more government control. They don't look at really what goes on within this country. And that is our philanthropic. Yeah. And, and, the, and the more wealth that comes in to these people, like my Carnegie example, yeah, more uh, they, they're going to turn around and do it. Now, the argument that the left has is that, is that well, what, nothing compels them. And like, well, their belief system yeah, compels them. Yeah. But they don't believe in that belief system. Yeah, they don't understand that. That, and I think, is the issue. So I'm going back to this God thing. Mm-hmm. It's a belief construct. I think it really is. But I, I, I mean, try the, to argue that point not on the God-based stuff because I just do it on efficiency-based. I don't know how anybody could think the government can do anything more efficiently than a philanthropist who has whatever their motivation is. And, and there's evidence that I, you know, no one will ever convince me government can help people more effectively than the people well, can. Well, they can. And last time we were here, I was bringing yeah. up the Depression. And when, yeah. during that time, there it was were only the government some could extreme times because they, because they had the money. There might be yeah. some extreme yeah. times, but in general, and I've experienced it personally by seeing I've shared the when mm-hmm. I went to Katrina. It's just It was just so stark. And it, it just, that's what I don't understand. So I try to approach it, don't bring the whole higher being and my, what my belief system is. It's just, this works better. Yeah, but, <laughs> and but if, ben, if I'm, Pete I'm, will, the old adage, Pete will spend his money better and do better things with it than the government will with Pete's money. The government's never going to be able to manage anything really confidently until it's run by businessmen. Mm-hmm. 
even then. Well, we have a businessman in office now. We do now, and things are improving. We're slowly turning into a politician. Right? And we almost <laughs> yeah, we almost saw point. that a few decades ago with Ross Perot. Mm-hmm. Almost. He almost. came close. And then Reagan did okay in a couple of places because mm-hmm. he simply gathered people around him who, who were that. Who were that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. right. Uh, and he wasn't a politician. But the, the whole, well, you know. at that point. But, yeah. but, but the, I, I hate to hammer on this thing, but I really think that this is the key law. Uh, first, by the way, that's a reference. Uh, when they when they put logs downstream, um, you'll get a log jam, and then yep. they'll hire a guy that flies over in a helicopter. This guy's paid a ton of money, mm-hmm. and he looks down there and he says, "Move that log, and the whole jam will free up." Right, one log. And, and so we bring this into uh, philosophy as a metaphor, a key log. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Very nice, very nice. And so, so one of the, I think that, that this thing about God is the key log. I think this is the thing that's behind all the strife. I think this is the, the thing that's behind all of uh, the of the of the of the sides. They're, they're coming forward and saying that uh, you know we, that we think that that our our belief structure and this is what it should be. And normally, uh, Don, you're a Christian and mm-hmm. you're like, I'm not going to antagonize people, mm-hmm. but they bring you to a point of antagonization right, sure. because it's so against your belief structure. Mm-hmm. Ken, you were talking about the idea to me the other day at lunch about the anger that you have. You know, you're, and it, so that means that this is an attack, a literally attack upon a foundation of yours, which is what makes you angry. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. yeah. I think that this is the issue. I think, you know, I've looked at this thing 10 ways from Sunday, and obviously I, I don't know everything. Uh, well, I do know that. But anyway. <laughs> so Really? Yeah. All right. So, uh, so I think this is the foundation of it. And this has been under attack yep. uh, since World War II. Yep. I mean, you know, prior to World War II, you still had this belief structure that was going on. But you look at what's going on in Europe and why, you know, nobody believes in God over there. They're expunging God from everything because they believe that this is all just made up. Yep. Because look at what happened in World War II and all these people died unjustly. And how could God allow could this horror? And, yeah. you know, but they don't understand the fundamental aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know. And so... Uh, that's what I think is the core of it. I think that's seated behind all of us. I 1,000% agree, and it's just so hard to have that conversation in our world today because of the the such a strong yeah. effort to Good eliminate God from up. everybody. And, and But I totally agree. I mean, it's like if you think you are God, we are in trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, I will... <laughs> I will Remember when, I don't remember who was sitting in on it, I have to go back and look, but we actually have an episode that is titled Christianity Under Attack. Yeah. That was somewhere back around June or July we bit. did that last year. Yes, our foundational, meaning our meaning the United States mm-hmm. foundational uh, belief system that it was established on, mm-hmm. which were truly extreme Christian fundamentalists. We look at the Quakers who came mm-hmm. in and start, or were the ones who were actually writing the laws and mm-hmm. and essentially, you know, starting a whole colonization mm-hmm. uh, because they did not want to be uh, part of the Church of England. Right. Talk about the Pennsylvania and, exper- uh, experiment. Yeah, and okay. yes. Um, when you get back to the very back, very core of it, we are a nation that was started on those type of beliefs. And yes, we've seen a global attack on this for for eons, mm-hmm. thousands of years. I mean, more people have died and fought over the disagreement between belief systems than well, anything else. Die and fight for. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what you die and fight for. Yeah. It is. 
So there's nothing else more. I would I would venture to say there's probably nothing more destructive on its face and demonstratedly destructive than a belief system. It's, it's so if that is true, should we then simply eliminate belief structures? Belief structures. <laughs> that's what the left is doing. And, yeah, that's but no, doing. no, no, no. They're, they're enforcing okay. their own Yeah, they have a belief, belief structure. structure. They do have a belief structure. Now he doesn't believe so. You don't think leftism is a religion, huh? <laughs> no. Leftism <laughs> here's, here's, is a nihilism. Here's the thing. A religion is simply a practice of beliefs. It's nothing more than that. You can believe in anything, and yeah. if you practice that belief, that's your religion. Yeah. And religion science is not... Science is a religion. Science. Yes, it is. I think leftism um, is a religion, yeah. But I do think, you know, if, if that is true, and in order to actually move along, all of a sudden, John Lennon's song, song Imagine, starts to take on a whole new meaning and a whole new structure. Mm-hmm. And uh, you say, look, there's sky above, there's earth below, and that's really all there is. Just go do your thing mm-hmm. and, you know, be good. Don't why be good though? <laughs> He's a champion of this movement. By yeah, the way. why be good, yeah. right? You know, it's yeah. You know, the left right. movement. I mean, John Lennon Society is a champion. Hero. You yeah. guys grew up He's with a hero, it. Hero, yeah. I'm not that old. It's, man. Come on. In fact, actually, <laughs> one of my most favorite songs is "Watching the Wheels." I, I love that song. Um, I really do. And, and if you, it's a John Lennon song. It, it, I thought I had everything. You it's simply about. <laughs> Accepting Propaganda. contentment <laughs> and allowing yourself to accept contentment. Right. I've never gotten there, uh, but uh, the ideology of that mm-hmm. to me is well. You don't have his drugs either. So. <laughs> You'll get there. No, but it, I mean, anyway, that's what it represents. To me. Right. So I think that if if belief systems are the most destructive thing ever, that to get past where we are right now. Whether it's right or left, that as long as there are belief systems of any type, structured belief systems of any type, there's always, always, and forever going to be conflict. If there's, there's competing no belief systems, yeah. Because they're always going to compete. Why don't we ring back to, to, to something Dan has said in the past? And it's like, we are the only species that strives to be perfect. And how does that play into this and, and always... You know, you, you say, I, 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 I can't be comfortable or content. Mm-hmm. You're, you're saying, I can never be content. And I'm saying, hey, you know, I think there's going to be a point in your life where you will find that you are content. I, I would love to. You know, I, I, I think that comes with age, wisdom, uh, uh, living life and, and, and living life fully. Mm-hmm. Um, it requires that, God. And, and it, mm-hmm. I think it does require God. I think it requires open-mindedness. I think it, it requires um, uh, accept, acceptability of other things that and maybe you don't you don't agree with. You know, because you have to first accept the fact that you're not always right. You have to accept the fact that you are going to fail many more times than you are going to succeed. In mm-hmm. fact, hundreds of thousands of times more than you're going to succeed because you may only succeed a few mm-hmm. times in life, but you'll fail every day uh, in, in, in things. Mm-hmm. You know, it, so you, know, you, you, you throw that in, and then, it, you know, I think you can become content with accepting that, you know, not everybody's the same. 
Not everybody thinks the same way. Accepting you're going to fall short of your ideals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's when yeah. you become yeah. content. I mean, it's yeah. literally what you're saying. Yes, true. Yeah. Yeah. Can't argue with that. I think contentment is a choice, but it's a hard choice sometimes. But happiness is, is a choice. choice. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, a choice. We can choose. We don't, you know. How come some people are in the most miserable circumstances ever are happy? You know, hey, there's nobody in, in my family, we love a good argument. Right. You know, we love to get a good fight and everything like How that. How could that be? But the, but the reality is, <laughs> is, you know, I'm not going to get up every day looking for an argument, no, looking no. for a fight. Uh-huh. I'm going to get up every day, and, and, and over, I've changed dramatically over my years to the, to the point now where I, I'd rather get up and figure out how to help you. Yep. Because during your yep. life, wisdom has given you tools that changes your belief system, and it is your belief system that is being altered, and through that, your actions have been altered. Yep. And that's the system of how humans put it all together. To say anything else is a lie, and someone's selling you something. But you're still saying that the, you know the three hardest things to change, right? Most of all these beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's your belief structure, and your belief structure is predicated on many things. Yeah. Yeah. And remember when I was talking before about Robert Redfield in a, in a prior one, uh, his idea about how he's seen societies develop was he broke it into these great traditions and the little traditions, mm-hmm. and his little traditions was folklore. And the little traditions, because it's mechanized thinking, because he's a scientist, and scientists mm-hmm. like to think mechanized. Mm-hmm. But, but his argument was is that they graft in the big traditions ideas mm-hmm. into the ones that work right. for them. For them, yeah. And that's the key point. And so like when the when the when a conquering army comes in and they're gonna take over an area, what are they taking over? They're gonna they're, they're saying that we want these people to live the way that we live. Mm-hmm. That's yep. the idea of it. Mm-hmm. And the people fight back and say, I'm not gonna live no, like that. Live that well that's because they think if they take this specific action they're going to get this specific result. Mm-hmm. And the the the, the issue derives from the fact that, that you realize that the result uh, of your actions is different from what you had anticipated or, or consequences or, right you know and and therefore you wind up with the consequences of of those actions even in our sleep you know where this is going even in our sleep pain falls drop by drop on our brain until in our own despair this guy's against boy. our will comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. Mm-hmm. I think it can come to you when you're wide awake, too. <laughs> I, I think, think Eskalus would agree with you. I think it slaps us in the face every well, well, day he all over the place. I, I just don't think we, we see it. Yeah, there's not well, a lot of wisdom out there. It's everywhere around us, and we don't see it. Ken did pre-qualify that statement by saying, even when we are asleep. Ah. So, you know, I, don't, I, well, I agree with that. sleep a lot more There's, than most of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope wish so. I could. But I know for myself, I've been, the older I get, the much more open I have become to examining and taking a hard look, and in some, time, in some cases, often a very painful look, mm-hmm. at my belief system. At my belief structures, what do I believe? What can I accept? What can I not accept? And how open do I do I be, How open am I able to be to new ideas, new thoughts, new processes that come in? And sometimes things come in that I go immediately. Still, I go no. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do thoroughly enjoy the ideologies and philosophies behind metaphysics, the very first, when you get down to the very first principle of any idea, thought, anything, the very 
you get down to that number one thing. And sometimes getting down to that number one thing, especially internally with yourself, is not a comfortable place mm-hmm. to go. It's it's a very uncomfortable place mm-hmm. to go. And it, having been through, you know, the life that I've been through, which is no one can, and it doesn't matter, I'm about to go down a rabbit hole that doesn't need to be gone down. Having been through the life that I have been through, I find it difficult and I find it a challenge, even though I have education in it, and that's where, where I educationally came from, I find it very challenging to believe that anyone has it right with regard to the concept of a theocentrically based mm-hmm. religion. I don't think there's anyone that's got it's it right. It's got nailed, huh? No, I, I truly don't. I don't think anybody's got it right. Uh, it's true. Theo- theocentrically based or deity based. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single thought process of organized religion in any structure that's got it right. You're, cl- you're using the, using a qualifier, organized religion. Yeah, organized are, do you intend that? Um, are you just saying yes, we do. yes, I do intend that. Pete and uh, I, well, I don't like, like organized religion like organized or saying an organized one? one? I'm saying an organized one. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we have because again, I truly, I truly do believe in the ideology that uh, we are in a huge scope Universally speaking, that's that's the only word I can use to that I know to use to to say what I what I want to say here. Universally speaking, I truly believe, and I've said this before, that there is a very real energy for malevolence and benevolence mm-hmm. on both sides. I truly believe that, and I truly believe that when you are the majority of one or the majority of the other. No matter what it is you are, whether you're human, whether you're an animal, whether you, whatever form of energy you take, your core is going to be based in the rightness and wrongness of the side of energy that you're on. So benevolence, goodness, kindness, the love, that's just going to come and it's going to feel natural, it's going to feel right, and it's going to feel good. Malevolence, the anger, the frustration, the, the desire to to destroy, destruct, which is how we identify that, is also for that person being whatever it is, it's going to feel good. It's going to feel right. It's going to feel proper. And unless you're open enough mm-hmm. to examine both sides of that thoroughly and properly, there's no way for conversion either way. It's, and I think cataclysmically speaking, and again, these are words that I know how to use, it takes a cataclysmic event, whether it's completely personal or on a societal or global scale, to go one direction or the other on, you know, to take somebody who is incredibly kind and genuine and loving and supportive and caring to taking an action that would normally be incredibly outside of their scope of behavior on what they would consider the malevolent side of things. It, it's. I don't think it takes categories. It, it well, takes an event. It, it, it depends on what you define as, again, you get back to definitions, what you define as cataclysmic. 
it's, you know, it's, 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 it's something that's going to trigger them comes down to, to go outside of their that, normal scope of behavior. It comes down to the belief, is, is that something that I feel need, that action needs to be taken in order to maintain where I'm at now? Do I need to step outside? You know, I, I, you know, I don't think any of us in here believe that, you know, getting in a bar fight's the smartest thing to do in the world, you know, at any given time. Mm -hmm. However, there might be a certain point where, you know what, this guy really needs a slap in the face. <laughs> you know? It happens. Me while I pull out my howitzer. Yeah. Great. Uh, yes. And that's but that's what I'm talking about. That when you when you hit that point where you find that person that needs a slap in the face and you feel that that's something you have to do, even though normally speaking, you wouldn't do it. You but would not cross that line. No, it could be verbal or physical. Yeah. Could be yeah. verbal. Yeah. Could yeah. be yeah. physical. Verbal slap. In the I face. think the yeah. event can be much softer. I think you can simply uh, become friends with someone that you grow to admire, and you see that they have a different way of approaching other folks and events and stuff. And you say, "That guy's living a happier life than I am because he listens really hard to the other side. He's." He's generous. He's uh, blah blah blah. Whatever. So you, wonderful. You, you so feel he's benevolent. Your life than properties. You think he is. We never know how anybody else is living. But it, you know, you're right. It doesn't take. It, that's well, I, I, it doesn't take cataclysmic. There, are, there are people simple. that I, I would, I, I would love to wake up tomorrow as serene and as effective for good as mm -hmm. they are. Um, I don't know that I have the capacity to do that, but you do. You know, it was less cataclysmic, <laughs> perhaps, than a bar fight. But you guys are defining these, this aspect in terms that are, that are symptoms of something. I think I wonder if what Pete was saying. I don't want to put words symptoms in your mouth, sir. But you, were you really talking about the knowledge of good and evil? Yes. Were you really talking about the idea that let us do evil so that we may know good? Are you really talking about this concept that there is a that it, there, there's a balance wow. that must be maintained? And that there's always a duality, there's always another side or an antithesis? Is that yeah, the idea yeah. of it? Yes. Okay, that's the, the answer to that, the, because I thought that's the direction you were going. That is the direction I'm going. Go ahead, go ahead. In the answer to that, the Christians believe that what was founded in the Bible is that there is one single truth. All observations towards that single truth we take, we have our own. You know, we, we, put in our, we read it our own way, we do our own things, our own interpretations. Thank you very much. Uh, so uh, by that interpretation, we determine whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing without knowing whether it is. Mm -hmm. If we say that it is an absolute truth, then what are we really talking about as a Christian? We're saying that we want to discover what that truth is. That's the approach. It's not let us do evil so therefore we mean no good or let's do good so we know evil, whichever way you want to spin it. Because there's no duality going on. And, it, and it's logical if you think about it because something must be that does not depend on something else for it to be. Right. I mean, that's no, just, I mean, quite, that's just do, straight up. That's like the old comment, you know, you, you, you don't know what's good if you don't know what's bad. You don't, you don't know what, you know, pain is if you don't know happiness. And, and, it, and it, it made me think about talking with a friend of mine that, that lost his eight-year-old son not too long ago, uh -huh. and he's just crushed by it. And I commented to him, I said, you, I, said I hope you understand that the, the, the depth with which this has affected you reflects the depth with which you had understood love. Mm -hmm. and Very nice. You know, so, mm -hmm. so, you know, there's hopefully some perspective for you because I got to be honest with you, that's, that's a depth many people may and most likely don't ever achieve. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know, 
go with that. He's come back to me a number of times saying I can't get that out of my head. Um, but, you know, so the yin and the yang, the, the good and the bad, um, you, you, you kind of have to experience both. You know, you, you don't know what's really... For what purpose? You see, you can I mean, there's, you there's, have to, but for what purpose? Cause, cause Are we well, talking about the contentment argument? Well, well, we can sit here and argue that we all think oh, there's obvious bad things and obvious good things. No, I'm talking about the contentment argument that you were saying earlier, which yeah. I agree with. But, the, but again, you know, so how do you know the correct course? How do you know, how do you know if, you're, if the belief system that you have is actually a sound one? Do, you need, do, I look, do, need, do I need to look any deeper? I mean, what's the first thing when, a, I've said this before, what's the first thing when a, an animal, all its biological needs are satisfied, what's the first thing it does? It falls asleep. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about anything mm -hmm. right now. It's all good. But humans don't do this. Mm -hmm. uh, we, it, when we get to that point, we say, we say, is there more we can do or can we go further? Yeah, what else can I do? Yeah. Right. So in other words, we're never, we're never achieving perfection. I just right. want to refresh what we were talking about before, mm -hmm. because when I think when we were when you were describing the idea of contentment, I think that's really what you're after. It's like, well, I haven't met, I haven't achieved this, and so when we say that we fail, we say, well, we've fallen short right. of a goal that I put together. Whether that goal is realistic or not, right? You'll or find out. Even know it or not. Or, well, that's true too. But I'm talking about active. You get, and you get good you, if you work on it. You get better at appreciating partial success. I don't know about you, but I have never achieved perfect success in much of anything. So, you know, you, you learn to take joy and contentment directly from doing something right, and you can look at it and say, that was a good thing. And, oh, by the way, over here I screwed up, and that did not make me happy or anybody around me, and, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think it, it's... It's a thing of absolutes. I think it's a, a well, thing no, of maturity. Well, no, it's not. And and success is you define success, and everybody has that differently. I mean, I remember, you know, I grew up where my father, you know, once I was out in the working world, and he'd come and stay with me, and friends would come over, and my dad would be like, how much does he make? How much does he make? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. That's all you really want to know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, it would constantly, you know, and it drove me nuts. And uh, As if that drives leads to contentment. You know, yeah. So you need guidelines, right? You need guidance, and, and, and we personally, I don't believe any of us necessarily have it within ourselves to be able to define the guidelines that bring us to utopia mm -hmm. of content. And and so I'm in agreement with you. You know, I, I, I'm a very strong religious person myself, and, and I believe that there are these guidelines that are available to us to, to help us uh, move in the proper directions. How we interpret them and how we execute them, uh, you know, that's to each his own and in reaching content. And that's where that's where the failure lies. You know, we continue to fail because we maybe we've Strive misinterpreted, misexecuted, uh, we misanticipated uh, results and things of that nature. So we try and try and try again. I associate lack of contentment with selfishness. Because I'm, if I'm not that's content, I'm feeling sorry for myself. Woe is me, and this is definitely something that's taken me a long time to learn. But that's a very, very detailed like Christian one, huh? thing for you to say. But I found that I mean, think about it, when you said now you've learned and over time about you know I want to help each other and serve. Can you think of a time when you were truly serving another human being that you weren't feeling content in that moment? Yeah. And if you're not feeling good about what's going on, go do some of that. But well, think about that. While you're helping other people, what, what are you doing? You're completely taking the focus off yourself. And it, it, it makes me 
angry with myself that I don't do it more. It's like every time I serve other people, it gives brings me joy and contentment. So sometimes I wonder, people, why don't I do more? <laughs> people don't necessarily want to be served. Well, some don't. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm no. in that business. Trust yeah, me. But, <laughs> but I'm not talking. But you're serving them in a fin- that's. But that's because it's not a contentment kind of. Oh, it absolutely is. Well, it is a that. But that's still very worldly, and it's you're 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 basically asking to help them with their money. What I'm talking about is serving at a much deeper level. When we're serving another human being, no, and I get that. You, that's and I know you know that because yeah. you've done it. Yeah. And it's a completely different contentment Absolutely. when you're doing that than helping a client. It's 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 not completely different, but right. it's different. But it's different. Yeah. It's, uh, We've actually run an hour and twenty-seven minutes wow. today because the I just was enjoying. Longest episode ever. Yeah, this is. I was just enjoying the conversation. Or else the longest editing so, session ever. Uh, it, it'll be both. Or I'll just chop it up. Like crazy, but this was fun. Thank you guys very, very much. Good stuff. And uh, you guys can golf clap it out. I won't because you know you can't. Uh, yeah. Sound one hand clapping. Oh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you are zen, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs>